Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb. Where's the lamb? Yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast where we revisit the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 27. Thank you all for joining me once again. I am happy to be back on the mic. Uh, I just got home from... My fabulous vacation um, over the past week, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, which was recorded before I went on vacation, and this is being recorded after I went on vacation, um, I was in the British Virgin Islands for a week, and my family chartered a private catamaran, so we were just like the six of us, well, it was eight of us, six cabins, and then five cabins with me and my family members, and then one cabin was the captain and the first mate, who sailed the boat and cooked all of our meals and like cleaned up after us and it was a really really amazing time (laughs) I really highly recommend that uh if you have the ability to go on that kind of vacation it was awesome so I posted a lot of pictures I will be continuing to post a lot of pictures because obviously I took a ton of pictures so if you follow my personal Instagram really underscore Riley uh you can see some of my vacation pictures there but anyway i just got back from vacation and um trying to get my life together for the week ahead i have a massage booked next weekend because i knew i would need something to like look forward to so that i could deal with you know going back to work and everything and just like getting back into the real world um so i have that to look forward to and next month i'm actually going to visit some of my friends in denver colorado so i have that to look forward to as well So I'm feeling like pretty okay in general about coming back from vacation. I don't have like too many vacation, post-vacation blues. Um, So this week I am very, very excited because I know I've been alluding to this forever, but I can finally share why this episode took so long for me to do. Um, There's a little something special that I'll be adding in at the end. So the story of that is... I originally was going to do uh, this episode, My Super Sweet 16, um, at the beginning of July. And I had written all of my notes at the beginning of July, so this is also going to be a very interesting episode because I totally wrote these notes like over a month ago. And actually the night before I was planning on recording, like literally the night before, I decided on a whim to contact one of the people who was featured in the episode. Uh, I had considered... DMing the subject of the episode herself, um, Natalie. But I decided, you know, I don't want to do that. Like, it's too close, you know? Like, I don't want to, like... Because I kind of snark on her a little bit. And now even... I feel weird kind of now even snarking on her because Will said that <laughs> he was still friends with her. But yeah, actually, I contacted one of the friends featured in the episode, Will, and um, I actually did a little interview with him that'll be included at the end of the episode. So instead of doing Where Are They Now, like I normally would, uh, Will and I talk about that a little bit, kind of what goes on after he was featured on this episode and where he and his friends are now. So I'm really excited that that came to be. It just kind of took a while for us to like, you know, link up schedules appropriately and find time to record. So that's why I kept teasing and teasing and teasing that little something special. Um, So yeah, I am very excited for you guys to hear that at the end of the episode and that will be there. I'll just stitch it in. So um, 
like I mentioned, let's just get into it. Like I mentioned, we are talking about My Super Sweet 16. So this was a show that I definitely remember as it was airing. I was watching it. Uh, this was, you know, when I was really watching MTV. I personally was in middle school because I always know I talk about like what a child I was when I watch all of these shows. Um, so even though I didn't really like the quote unquote, I guess, documentary style, like I'm thinking of like Laguna Beach specifically, sort of shows about rich teens this kind of got a pass because it was just an individual episode like it wasn't you know making these people famous I guess like that's kind of I guess that was why I was jealous is because I wanted to be famous too and I wasn't famous just for being a rich teen you know it just kind of featured these people and they were usually kind of acting kind of like shitty (laughs) too so you got to feel a little bit superior over them uh so I did watch my super sweet 16 when this when this was airing but I wasn't like a fan you'd say like I don't I didn't really remember any of this any of these episodes that I rewatched, so it was fun going back to it I hadn't really seen it in you know 10 12 years so it was kind of just fun to revisit but yeah it wasn't like anything that I was like a super big fan of so getting into the background um it was a documentary style kind of reality series uh that just follows affluent teens um as they throw lavish coming of age parties so it's typically sweet 16s hence the name um but there are sometimes like quinceaneras or even just sweet 15s i actually just rewatched this episode um CeeLo green's daughter threw a sweet 15 party because she was a diva and she wanted to have her party before all of her friends could throw a sweet 16. Um, They also had a couple of one-off specials of like My Super Sweet 21 and A Super Swag 18. (laughs) Uh, But the show itself began airing on January 18, 2005 and ran through June 15, 2008. In addition to featuring just like regular, quote-unquote regular, extremely rich children, uh, it also had some celebrities. So there was Bow Wow who had his own episode in addition to being on an episode kind of featuring CeeLo Green's daughter, um, Allie and AJ, and Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Oh, Chris Brown. He just keeps popping up like a cockroach. Uh, There was also a UK and Spanish language version of the show. Also, the show spawned a spinoff called Exiled, where kids that have been featured on Sweet 16 16, um, get sent to like remote parts of the world. It's basically like a normie version of The Simple Life. So instead of, you know, it being Paris Hilton, in middle America it's like Natalie in Africa or something um, and Will actually says in the interview that uh, Natalie was featured on this show but it ended up her episode it, it didn't end up airing for whatever reason um, also there was Super Sweet 16 the movie which was a scripted movie starring Allie and AJ that premiered on MTV in 2007 also in 2009 MTV produced a horror movie called My Super Psycho Sweet 16 Uh, which had like two sequels part two in 2010 and then part three in 2012 which I had never heard of so I'm sure it did very well (laughs) um so yeah I guess MTV was just like really into selling this idea this franchise of like the My Super Sweet 16 they continued to like milk the idea even beyond the run of the original show this show definitely had a lot of controversy, con- well, not controversies, but it was controversial, I guess I should say. It was, it had a lot of criticism, um, just like showcasing spoiled children, you know, saying it was like the fall of the generation, etc., etc. Um, and then just the general, like, I feel like this always comes up because people are, we were all just so dumb back in the day and we just like didn't realize that this was 
you know, how you do reality TV. Uh, but, you know, criticisms about it being scripted, scenes being reshot, kids being told to act like extra dra- dramatically, all of this does, which is being part of reality TV. Um, Will does say in the interview something pretty interesting about what they were kind of coached to do behind the scenes. So, you know, it kind of gives a little bit more credence to the fact that producers will kind of do anything to manipulate like what they want into happening on reality TV. Uh, And here's a little fun fact that I also found. Um, Our dear, dear Jennifer Lawrence, like the, you know, Meryl Streep of our generation, right? Uh, She was in a commercial promo for the series, but she was never actually featured in an episode herself. So that was just kind of something fun that I found. So let's go into the episode recap. Um, We're going to be talking about episode from season one, episode five. I did end up watching all of the first season that was available on Hulu, which like wasn't every single episode. And then I watched like some other episodes, um, some of season four, but This episode in particular I ended up picking just because as I was watching it like the first time couple of times that I was watching through there were some like kind of meta moments that I enjoyed and I don't know there's kind of this like mystery that I have I personally think it's a mystery part of this uh, episode so that's why I picked it and I'm really glad I picked it now because I ended up, you know, messaging Will who was featured on the episode and he like responded and we had a great conversation. So that's like, I'm, I'm grateful for how it all turned out. So my super sweet 16 season one, episode five, like I said, just titled Natalie. So this always happens the way that my super sweet 16 always starts. We get like a preview of some of the scenes that are going to happen later on the episode and some dramatic like sometimes 16 ain't so sweet while like whatever dramatic shit that's going to happen in the episode happens so they like you know spoil it a little bit there for you then the opening theme song starts now I did specifically want to point out that I remember very very specifically this theme song was Sweet 16 by Hilary Duff you know, like that Hilary Duff song, because I had her fucking album. It was like the first CD I ever bought for myself. And I knew that they used that song. But for whatever reason, I guess because Hulu has some weird music licensing issues or something, um, they didn't have that as a theme song instead of being like My Super Sweet 16, which I even saw like at the end credits. It said like music theme song, My Super Sweet or Sweet 16, Hilary Duff. Yeah, so they have this song, instead of being Sweet 16 by Hilary Duff, it's Girl on the Run by I don't know who. Uh, And it's just, it's catchy, but it's catchy like an STD. Like, it's not that good, but it gets stuck in your head, and it's just not my girl Hilary. So I was kind of disappointed there. Um, But we get on the screen, it says, we're cordially invited to Natalie's Sweet 16. So we meet Natalie, who is obviously 15 years old. Um, So she, she just moved to La Jolla, California. Uh, She says that people know her there by the cars that her dad drives, and we see them, like, in the dealership looking at cars that are so fancy. I don't even know what kind of cars these fucking are. Uh, In this scene, she, like, makes a joke that if her dad buys this car, and maybe it's not a fucking joke. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand rich people. Uh, She says if her dad buys this car, she'll get one for free because her dad's car is going to be 75 
no, $750,000. Pardon me, I missed a zero there originally. (laughs) So money is just like no object for her. Um, We see like scenes of her shopping, you know, she shows us some of her purses that she owns, Gucci, Christian Dior. And then she says that, you know, sometimes she feels guilty, but she deserves everything she has because she's always the nice girl. Which, I mean, I guess if you're like starting to go there where you feel guilty, you gotta pull back somehow. But I think we see later on in the episode that she, I wouldn't necessarily clarify, like classify her as the nice girl. Also, I don't know if that's how deserving things works. Uh, so we get a smash cut of scenes that are like a rundown of the tourist trap town that is Roswell, New Mexico. So she tells us that she had been living in Roswell with her aunt and uncle. Um, but it doesn't really go into much more detail about why that was happening, like why she was in Roswell with her aunt and uncle, which is something that I was so confused about the entire episode and honestly was something I did want to ask Will about, but then he revealed that he and Natalie are still like extremely close friends and I felt maybe I shouldn't ask her personal business like to her friend. Um, so I don't ever know what really happens. I don't know if Natalie is going to listen to this episode, but if she doesn't and she's willing to just like DM me and I can keep it like, you know, off the record, I'm just curious about what the situation was where she was living with her aunt and uncle, apparently not extremely wealthy. It's a plot point of like Target, I guess. She acts like Target is Goodwill. <laughs> like Target is a nice store in my opinion. Goodwill is like a little bit dirty. Like I understand you like should wash anything you get from Goodwill immediately after you buy it before you like wear it or use it. But Target is fine. She throws a lot of shade at Target in this episode. So I just wonder why she was like living with her aunt and uncle. But anyway, we see it the camera pans over an expansive pool like in her fabulous backyard and she tells us that this is where she belongs she says i mean we're above high class we're at the top so anyway uh it does say that her father's fiance melissa had a lot to do with her moving out and she says that her father wanted her to live with him but knew he couldn't do it alone it's just like i'm like what kind of cinderella story is this like where is her mom i don't know where why was she living with her aunt and uncle? I don't know. It's so confusing. Why couldn't her dad take care of her? Uh, like, obviously he has the resources to like hire a nanny. I don't know. I feel just like I shouldn't be speculating so openly on this girl. I almost said woman, but I guess in this scene she's a girl. On this girl's life, but I'm so curious about what's going on. Um, so we do see scenes of Natalie and her stepmom to be Melissa shopping, and so Natalie says that she's been <laughs> deprived, and then Melissa says, "Oh, poor child, stuck in Target." So again, like there's like the first of the Target shade throwing. So she tells us that she's never had a birthday party before, and just like again, what the fuck is going on? Her aunt and uncle didn't even throw her birthday parties. So her dad owns five nightclubs in Southern California and she's going to have a gigantic Sweet 16 party at one of her father's nightclubs. So that's how like they're so wealthy and he's able to afford this giant party and all of these extremely nice cars and clothes that aren't from Target. Um, And so she says that this will be, uh, her party will be the biggest thing that will ever happen at La Jolla High School. 
which is kind of funny. So in the first episode ever of My Super Sweet 16, it is also featured at La Jolla. And La Jolla High School is where the girls are from. It's a joint 16 party um, from two friends. And, you know, they throw their party and they say, like, it's the best party ever. And it's the biggest thing the school's ever seen. So I guess Natalie at this point is trying to one-up the girls who already had their Sweet 16 party. So... We always get these little like scene transitions with like little titles and I guess I'll just read them as we transition through each of the scenes. So this one says, I'm not a liar. Now Natalie's in a kitchen, I guess it's her kitchen, eating with a person who I originally thought was her sister but I later realized is just a friend. It just seems strange because like the friend is just like eating and Natalie's kind of just sitting there. Um, so she tells us that kids back in Roswell don't believe she's actually having this party and they think she's lying. Which I kind of can't blame the Roswell kids for thinking that because if this girl who was like pretty normal just like lived with her aunt and uncle which was probably kind of weird so maybe she was like the weird girl like this mysterious weird girl who claimed to have this rich dad like only shopped at Target or what the fuck ever was going on in her life and like moved away and then says oh well my rich dad's throwing me this huge sweet 16 party at one of his nightclubs I'd be like okay whatever weird girl so I kind of I kind of am on the side of the Roswell kids for that. But, I mean, she obviously is having the party, so she's looking forward to doing this to kind of get back at them. Um, And so she says that in Roswell, a lot of people didn't like her because she said, I sort of stand out as being prettier than a lot of people. And people would stare at her and be mean. So, okay, there goes my theory. Well, like, that is my theory about, like, people thought she was weird. Weird, pretty, whatever the true reason was. I guess she was kind of an outcast in Roswell, like I just thought like I said I wrote these notes like over a month ago so as I'm reading them I'm like discovering new things that I just you know kind of came up with also at this point the girl who she's with finally gets a Chiron identifying her as Natalie's friend Andrea she's from like or she's like her La Jolla friend it specifically says um so Natalie also tells us that two friends from Roswell are going to be coming to the party and then she goes on to say that it's so that they can take pictures uh and bring it back to prove that she's not a liar and I was like well maybe she should have been like also because I miss my friends and I can't wait to see them again <laughs> um okay uh, then we get the next like scene change the title here is from Target to this so again like fuck Target Target, please sponsor me. <laughs> I'm like really pulling for you here. So Natalie and her stepmom go to Las Vegas to go shopping for her dress. Uh, she tells us that there's no budget because you can't have a spending limit with something like this. Like, you know, this, your sweet 16 party dress. Uh, so we get a montage of them shopping and her trying on dresses. Uh, she tries on a white and pink floral dress. Um, the tits are are high and tight on this one and then Melissa says that her father probably won't like the top of that I actually think this dress is really cute like she looks really good in it but yeah it's like not really the right vibe it's very like summery kind of sundressy when she needs more of like a club party dress um so she tries on another dress that has sort of this subtle like it's not a very in your face animal print but it's like sort of a tiger stripe pattern um but then she says that she doesn't like it because her grandmother wears animal print so they end up going to another store while she's browsing through the like clothes in the other store um she the shop clerk tells her that all of the pieces are one of a kind and handmade and she asks if uh she heard that paris hilton has an outfit from there and he's like oh yes paris shops here she's like oh 
Paris Hilton shops here. And then she says that she's going to be hotter than Paris Hilton. Um, so we get another quick montage of her trying on these like beautiful bedazzled dresses. There's this really pretty blue dress that I love, of course, because I love things that are blue. Um, uh, and then like in each outfit, the shop clerk says she's like, gorgeous oh yes oh gorgeous <laughs> and then she finally gets um and then she gets um the dress that she ends up being the one that she's gonna buy it's this cute like short silvery dress that has this open kind of like lacy pattern going on at the sides um the clerk at this point is just like oh yes this is much more much more her style this is for a sweet 16 like he wasn't encouraging her on every single other dress she just tried on um so that's when she picks and then she's like well it's only 900 dollars <laughs> only 900 so reasonable um and then says that no one will have anything like that and all of her friends will be jealous so the next little scene change name thing title name what the fuck ever uh it says daddy's girls um so it's natalie and her friend andrea and they're walking on the beach so natalie has a voiceover about how um people think of them as rich girls who can get whatever they want from daddy but also at the same time people look up to them because of that uh, so they sit down and start discussing invites for their party and they're going to just like be handing them out to people that they like. So a lot of times there's like this big fucking huge way that people will give out their party invites. Like that's always a part, like always an aspect of my super sweet 16 is like how are they going to give their invites out? Like for example, in the one that I just watched with CeeLo's daughter, I guess, you know, this is also, I should say that this is Natalie and also CeeLo daughter, CeeLo's daughter Sierra's episode since I keep referencing it but she uh used like butlers basically like it was men and women just kind of dressed as butlers and they had cupcakes um and then they would give the cupcakes to her friends while they informed them that they were invited to Sierra's sweet 15 party and also Sierra was (laughs) in an SUV driving behind them stopping at each house watching them do this Uh, But instead, it's just going to be Natalie and her friend handing them out to people that they'd like. And then they talk about how, like, oh, yeah, well, we have the same taste in people. Like, we like the same people. Um, And then, like, because we don't like people who aren't very social and they're losers and we're not going to invite them. So, I don't know. It was just, like, a little bit unnecessary, a little bit mean girly. So, I'm just kind of, kind of just, you know, circling back to that idea that she deserves all her money because she's a nice person. Mm, Okay. So... Our next title is No Freshman Allowed. Natalie goes out to hand the 1,000 invitations individually, which I truly doubt she ends up handing them all out. They go to some restaurant and kind of just like, I guess they see people there and start just handing them out to people that they know and people that they want to come. And she explains that freshmen aren't invited because they cause drama. And so, because the freshmen are the ones that cause drama, she goes over to a group of freshmen and she's like, well, there is one that we do like, and that's Maddie, and just like comes up and hugs her on camera while all the rest of them are just sitting there. Um, While this is happening, we also get a few like talking head interviews with random freshman girls kind of just like commentating on the situation Um, and their general consensus is all like, oh, she thinks she's really cool that she could just like not invite us, but like, I guess it would be fun to go, but it's fine that we're not invited. No one seemed like too devastated about it. So at one point they go into a Brugger's Bagels and there are a couple of freshmen just like being interviewed like they are about, you know, not being invited. 
And then the camera pans over and Natalie is just standing right there. So it's literally like the crew walked in behind Natalie and then turned one table next to her and said like, hey, what do you guys think about not being invited to this party? Um, so Natalie just kind of cringes and she's like, sorry guys. Uh, and then outside, like she tells her friend that they're, uh, the, they're so mean. Like she and her friend are so mean, but like they're very happy. They like look very pleased with themselves about it. Anyway, on to the next scene. Um, so this title is A Perfect Fit, and then it says that two days to the party, um, and now like, it's kind of explaining that her Roswell friends are going to be coming in tomorrow. So she is in her bedroom. She's showing off her dress to one of her La Jolla friends, Angel. I don't know how old Angel is supposed to be, if she's supposed to be a 15, 16-year-old, but Angel looks like a solid like 32 in some of these scenes. So... Um, Natalie's kind of saying that she's worried that her La Jolla friends will think her Rosmo friends are, uh, Farmer Hicks, which she also kind of seems to think herself, so I can't really blame her friends for picking up on that vibe. Um, and she's saying, like, I don't even know if they've picked out their outfit, out there. Gosh, I can't hardly speak today, you guys. She's like, I don't know if they've even picked out their outfits yet. So then, that's like our segue, we cut to Roswell, New Mexico. And here we finally meet Sarah and Will, who are Natalie's Roswell friends, and they are the ones who are going to be like joining her um, for her party. So they're hanging out together. Sarah's kind of showing off her dress options for the party. Um, she says she shows off one dress, and she says that it's like a hand-me-down, but like she likes it. She thinks it's cute. She she goes to try it on. Um, Will seems that so Will seems kind of nervous to meet the La Jolla friends. Thinks like the kids in California can kind of be like stuck up. So this is just kind of something funny that happened that I noticed. Um, so at one point, Sarah's like out of the room and isn't changing into her dress. And Will picks up the other dress that she was showing him. And he goes, hey, Sarah, can I borrow this dress? And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> um, so we get a Sarah voiceover. And she says that she doesn't really think she's going to fit in with the La Jolla girls. But she hopes that Natalie hasn't changed at all. Which we kind of see, you know... I don't know what she was like in Roswell, but it seems like she probably has changed. So the next scene is go cry over ice cream and Natalie's at the nail salon getting her toes done and she's getting her toenails embellished with diamonds. She says it's going to cost her like, I think she said what, $800 to get her toes done because it's like $10 a diamond. So as they're getting their pedicures done, they're talking um, and her friend's telling her that people are trading this party like it's going to be prom like they're renting limos and everyone's so excited about getting done up and going um so someone calls her and she opens up her flip phone hi flip phone um and I guess it's just one of her friends basically telling her about how his little sister and her friends bought invitations for $50 each and they're planning on getting dressed up and sneaking in so Natalie is super excited for the opportunity to kick them out later she like literally is clapping with glee at this um, and then her friend says something. She's like, well, they can just go to Ghirardelli's and cry over ice cream. And Natalie replies with, yeah, and get fat, which isn't great. Don't love that. Um, anyway, moving on. Reunited is our next little title. So Natalie and her dad are headed to the airport to pick up her Roswell friends. Uh, she reminds us via voiceover that she actually doesn't really care all that much about them because she says something about how the people back in Roswell are still saying that she's making up and she can't wait for her friends to see the new me in my new lifestyle. Which, I mean, I guess she does really care about Will because they are still friends, but <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, I really am 
feeling for them in this episode. So she meets him in the airport and then she like runs and she jumps onto Will, which was really cute. Um, and so Sarah immediately says that she has changed. So here is where it starts to get meta. And this is like the reason why I wanted to talk about this episode because I thought this was kind of fun. Um, so at this point, they head out of the airport and Will starts singing and he's like, California, like, you know, the OC theme song, which, okay, like I would probably do the same thing in this day and age, like at this time period back then and fucking now probably um, if I go to California. Uh, so they freak out over Natalie's dad's car a little bit, and I think it's I think it's a Rolls Royce that he has. Um, so it's a really fucking nice car. And Natalie has a voiceover, so she's saying that my friends from Roswell were just blown away. They like couldn't stop. Like, whoa, look at that! Whoa, wow! So she's like feeling very pleased with herself that she's impressing her friends. Um, so Sarah's jaw is just like dropped as her dad is like, Natalie's dad's like showing them all the features on the car. Um, and Will saying like, oh my God, pimp my ride right now. So again, another kind of like meta reference, which I enjoyed. So there's like a lot of these. So then they pull up to Natalie's house and they are still like shook because she lives in this like fabulous mansion. Will says that will says that this is like something that's out of the oc so again this is like a direct reference to the oc right there which was kind of fun and then as natalie starts to like show them around like show them all of the different rooms in the house like show off her dad's fancy ass ferrari i'm starting to think to myself like this is a mini cribs episode because like you know this is what happens in a cribs episode um and natalie says that it was important for her friends from out of town to see how she was living she can't wait for them to go back and tell everyone in roswell just so that we don't forget what her true motivations are for this at least um and then sarah says like what i was thinking she's like oh this is like cribs so there it is all right so this next scene is called you got your jewelry from target and this again was like the most fucking shade that was thrown that i just like broke my heart so they're all in a salon and all i can see is that they have like the american horror story font on the salon sign out front which i guess back then it wasn't the american horror story font but now it's like all i can see it's the day of the party and all of the girls are getting their hair done so Natalie's like getting her hair curled, but she doesn't like it. I think she looks cute, but she like is in a bad mood because of that. Um, and then she says that she hopes her Roswell friends and her La Jolla friends get along. So Sarah's over like on another salon chair talking to Will and she's talking about how like her dress is kind of plain. So she's like planning on accessorizing a lot. And so she, this is a girl after my own heart, she's a girl who loves a bargain. So she was saying that she bought her jewelry at Target for like five bucks and she got it on clearance. So she's just like very proud of herself for this. So someone who I think is Angel, who's like, I don't know, the fucking 37 year old Valley soccer mom of two who is Natalie's La Jolla friend is like over across the salon and um, she asked her if she was serious and just like starts laughing like openly laughing at Sarah and so Sarah looks pissed and so Natalie has a voiceover saying like what Angel said wasn't really friendly but she's never had to shop at Target which is like no one has to shop at Target like you choose to because it's nice it's a good store um, and Will says that he likes Sarah's five dollar jewelry so at this point, Natalie has like a little talking head where she's just like, if I didn't have money, it would suck. 
That's it. Very insightful. Um, so back at the house, Natalie's very stressed out because she doesn't like her hair and she's telling Melissa. Uh, she says that if anything else goes wrong, she'll die. And then like while she's getting her makeup done and she's stressed about her hair, her dad comes downstairs wearing like full Elvis drag and Natalie just like has had it. So she says like I was stressed and mad and just wanted to kill myself and then my dad comes down looking like a freak. So she's really upset. She walks into her bedroom where her friends are like sitting um and like as she walks by like Sarah says like oh it's Natalie like because I guess like you know she looks good she's all dressed up and she's like I'm freaking pissed off and runs into the bathroom and slams the door and Will's just like more drama so I don't know it's always sucks when you're over at your friend's house and they start like getting into a fight with their parents or you are the friend who's like acting up and getting into a fight with your parents while your friends are there it's just always an awkward situation but that passes. Um, we're on to the next scene. Let the good times roll. Natalie's getting into her fancy silver party dress. And then we see some scenes from outside the club. Um, so one girl saying, like, I don't even know the girl who's throwing this party. Another scene shows, like, a cop at the entrance to the club refusing entry to this drunk guy. And then a drunk girl just trying to say, like, oh, well, he hasn't been drinking. I've been with him all night, which is not helping the case. Uh, cut back to Natalie getting ready. And she says that she was feeling that maybe she didn't look good. And then she says, but all of my friends saw my dress and they were jealous, so it was perfect. And then, like, right as that's happening, MTV does this shady editing, like, zoom in on Sarah looking at Natalie as she says that, like, in her voiceover. So, I don't know, just some shade thrown at the girl with the Target dress and jewelry. They head out into the club. They are in a Hummer stretch limousine. It's very of the times, very 2005. Um, as they arrive, the DJ gets everyone's like attention and na- announces Natalie's arrival, which again is kind of like low key compared to some of these arrivals. Like, there was one where like the girl was literally carried in by like six burly men, like she was on a chaise lounge. Um, but no, she just walks in. She has her arms linked with her friends, which is like nice that like you know she has her friends there with her. And Sarah's actually kind of closest to her, which is kind of funny. Um, because later on you'll hear the interview and you'll see why but Sarah kind of like sticks next to her um, Natalie has a voiceover talking about how amazing it was how the clubs like the, the club well like the crowd and the club parted for her uh, also at this time we see two 2005 fuckboys say in unison she's so hot so hot so <laughs> that was kind of funny and then they all get onto the dance floor and they start dancing um, so we get some like fawning interviews it was very like Regina George at certain times where we just cut away to like you know someone like being like Natalie punched me in the face once it was awesome uh so just like we get some close-up shots of some cocktail tricks which I assume and I guess are was semi-confirmed that those are mocktails that they were making actually within the club um they tell us that the party has feud feud gosh it has food it has henna tattoo artists it has an oxygen bar uh so literally like as they're showing this little montage and they show the oxygen bar we just get a shot of a random party goer who like hooks himself up and then he like turns to the camera and gives a double thumbs up it's like oxygen which is kind of cool but like that they would have the oxygen bar but it was just like really funny so we just see a lot like of the party scenes um there is a mostly naked go-go dancer which does seem a touch inappropriate because this is a party for an underage girl uh we see sarah dancing on a table and i'm just like you go girl like you know feel yourself 
Natalie says that she doesn't know 80% of the people there, but I was like, but didn't you hand select and invite every every person that you know we were told earlier? I guess not. Um, Sarah says that it's crazy. Everyone's on the dance floor pushing people around. We see like scenes of chaos inside and outside of the club. At one point, there was even someone like scaling the facade of the building. So at this point, it's like always part of the super sweet 16 structure to like show what's going wrong at the party because there always has to be some kind of conflict that happens while they're there uh so at this point natalie tells us in a voiceover that there are a lot of freshman girls trying to sneak in and we know that natalie has a vendetta against freshman girls uh so we see a group of like literally what looks like middle schoolers so i guess they are actually freshmen um huddling outside being told that they can't come in and then someone comes up and tells Natalie that there are a bunch of freshmen who managed to get inside. So she's like on a mission to kick them out. So the security guard tells them like, well, if you find them, like let us know and we'll kick them out. So she finds a freshman, like she's, you know, stalking around with her friends and they like get kicked out and outside, I guess Natalie goes out after them. Um, so she's outside saying something about freshmen to the camera, like talking shit. And this girl who just got kicked out, is like two feet away. And she's just like, I'm not a freshman. And Natalie's like, how do you know we were even talking about you? She's like, because I can fucking hear you. So Natalie tells security to make her go away. And we like actually see a shot of like the security guard walking them down the street so that they can't come back to the party. And then Natalie says that she doesn't really feel bad for them because they weren't invited. Um, so next, Natalie tells us that it was important for her to find a hot guy at her party. She says that a bunch of her friends brought dates, so she was looking for a hot guy to dance with. And that's where I was like, hmm, something's not quite right if that's among your, hot, your friends' hot dates that you're looking for someone. Uh, but she also tells us that her dad picked out a personal security guard to tailor throughout the night, and he had explicit instructions to push any boys away who were starting to get a little too handsy. So, you know, Natalie finds this guy. Um, she starts, like, kind of dancing with him a little bit, but he, I guess, gets too close for comfort, and the security guard just shoes him off. So uh, she kind of gets upset about that a little bit. We also get a cute little interview with Will and Sarah at this point, and they talk about how they are VIP since they're like with Natalie, so they also get a bodyguard. Um, and so this boy apparently like pushed Sarah as they were dancing, and she turned around to the bodyguard and like was like, "He pushed me." And then the bodyguard said, "You are out." And like at the same time, Sarah and Will like say this and do the same like "You're out" hand motion. I just thought that was kind of cute. Um, so then there's this other really hot guy that Natalie's dancing with. And they're having a good time, but he gets too touchy and, like, zooms in on the two teens grinding together. I'm just like, oh, hang on, MTV, pull back a little bit. Uh, so he gets pushed away by the bodyguard. And this whole, like, scene, this whole part of the Super Sweet 16 party, it just reminds me of, like, being a freshman in college and going clubbing and feeling like I had to go out clubbing because I was a freshman in college, but genuinely, like, actually disliking it a lot. So, I don't know. It just, like brought me back a little bit and so they bring out the cake and natalie gives a little speech where you know like thanks everyone for coming to her party and she thanks her dad so this is kind of like the wrap-up part of the episode um so they tell us the final budget was around four hundred and fifty thousand dollars i don't know if that includes the use of the club like what that means since her dad owns the club would it have cost more if he didn't own the club is he including like a night's worth of lost wages or whatever because like lost profits because he wasn't running the club that night or was it just like four hundred fifty thousand dollars out on top of whatever else um 
there's some final interviews with like the party goers about how awesome it was um and at this point we actually do see Jacqueline who was from that first episode like the very first episode that took place in La Jolla um and she even says like this party was way better than her party her party got demolished and so this other random girl who like I so appreciate her frankness says yeah the party was pretty amazing so she bought me as a friend which I guess was just Natalie's goal um and then she says that none of her friends from Roswell had ever been to anything remotely close to this and she says that she's ecstatic and everyone know will know who she is now so um (laughs) there's like another interview that I thought was kind of funny another random girl says I didn't really know her before but through this party I know who she is now which I don't mean if she just literally means that or if she's like I truly get like who she is on his like a spiritual level because of the quality of party that she threw um so if someone else says that like come Monday morning she'll be the most popular girl in school and Natalie's like well that's all I've ever wanted so that's the end um she had a great amazing party um I guess at this point you know I normally would do the where are they now which I have a few little things that I guess I didn't touch on like in the interview um so as far as Natalie goes like you'll hear Will talks about it so I'm not going to say anything other than she has a French like a Frenchie named Meatball and I only know this because I stalked her Instagram um and he's really cute and then um Will obviously talks about what he does so I won't go into that but yeah my where are they now will be in a second um but in terms of like does it hold up slash is it worth a rewatch I mean it's on Hulu so it's pretty accessible and it's like just light and easy to watch so it's kind of fun to to give it a rewatch in terms of holding up I mean it's not really any worse than some of the shit that's on TV nowadays so I would say yes it has a couple of things that are dated but there's still a lot of spoiled rich kids on TV and I feel like now in a time where maybe we're a little bit burnt out on like the long form like Kardashians we know everything about the Kardashians and everything that's going on with all of these like influencers and the real housewives and their kids like the Hadids and things like that um maybe it would be nice like almost refreshing to just have like one-off little shows where it's just like we dip into these people's lives for one episode but they don't like have to stick with us uh in the pop cultural zeitgeist um so anyway that's all to say that it is pretty fun to rewatch. so give it a go if you were a fan back in the day so at this point I'm just going to go ahead and give my outro because I'm just going to tack on the interview at the end. So thank you all for being here. I hope you enjoyed my fabulous return and I made it back from the Caribbean in one piece. Um, please rate this show, review and subscribe. You can rate it and review it on iTunes. That's a big one, Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called. That really helps people find the show. It would be cool if I made it onto a chart. I don't even check the chart, so who fucking knows, but whatever like give me a good rating um and then you can find me on facebook at snapback to reality podcast i'm on instagram at snapback to reality pod um my personal instagram is really underscore riley like i said feel free to like dm me like you know if you want to chat if you're a follower from the show you know let's let's talk like it's fun it's cool um and or if you want to email me that you can do that too i'm at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoy the little interview that's coming next, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. So, Will, thank you so, so much for agreeing to be interviewed for this. Of course. Excited. Um, So I sent you an email kind of with what I wanted to know, but if you just kind of want to give your 
background on the show and kind of tell your story and then I can jump in with any questions. Oh yeah, totally. So, I mean, we're talking Sweet 16, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So my best friend, Natalie, who by the way is still my best friend after all these years. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah, she lived in Roswell, New Mexico with me. That's where I grew up. And she uh, moved back home to San Diego, which is where her dad is. And she called me one day and she said, hey, I'm going to be on this MTV show about my Sweet 16. And by that time, the show hadn't come out. Like, nobody knew what the show was about. And I was 15, so of course I was down. Are you kidding? Um, and I had no idea what I was getting into. I just thought I was going for her birthday. And a week later, a camera crew showed up to my house in Roswell, New Mexico. Um, and they filmed me and our other friend, Sarah, getting ready. Funny story about Sarah is Sarah wasn't really Natalie's friend. They, like, knew each other, but my mom wouldn't let me go unless I had a friend to go with me. So that was the default. Um, and so they came to the house. They were filmed us getting ready. We had, still had no idea what we were getting into. And then there I went. And I went to her birthday party, and I couldn't even tell you. Oh, my God, it was so iconic. At the time, you're 15 with, you know, in a club with cameras recording you. So that's how that all became and how I got involved. So, um, having been on the show, did that kind of give you the taste of reality TV and make you want to keep doing it? Even today. So now I'm 30 years old when I went on the show, I was 15. So 15 years later, I, I tell this story to everybody who asked me like why I'm in reality TV. And I tell them the same thing. I got the bite for it. Um, from Sweet 16. Yes. That's so funny. Um, so one of the things that I thought was kind of funny about the episode was that uh, it seemed almost like Natalie just wanted you guys out there so that you could go back home and report to all of the other kids that uh, she actually was very wealthy and had an amazing Sweet 16 party. Um, did you feel like that or did you uh, feel like that was kind of just there for the show? I think it was probably both. Like the thing is, is like now as a, a producer for reality TV, you know a lot of things um, about how it all plays out. So I'm sure that it was somewhat producer influenced. Um, and then the other part is like, you know, she was a 15 year old girl from a little town that really was unkind to her. So I'm sure there was like part of her that was like, hey, I do want people to know. Mm -hmm that I'm doing better. And I honestly don't even blame her for it. Um, Cause when you're 15, that stuff matters. And it's kind of funny to look back on it now. Did um, any of the kids back in Roswell, like think of her differently after they saw the show or heard what happened at the party from you? Well, let me put it to you this way. Everybody thought uh, she was famous and that she was the next Paris Hilton. I remember hearing that a few times at school. Um, where I'm from, Back then, it was like maybe 15,000 people, and we had two high schools in the entire town. And every high school started playing that episode in their homeroom classroom as education for our town. Oh, my gosh. So that's how impactful that show was to our little town. I'm, I'm sure nobody talks about it now, but um, at the time, like, I remember being in homeroom, and they put it on, and I was, like, in class, like, um, mortified because I was such a loser in high school I was like the 
I was like the token gay person in high school and back then like being gay wasn't cool how it is now so <laughs> it was uh embarrassing but it also made me pretty popular in school after the fact so I'm appreciative that it happened yeah because it definitely seemed like you guys had the VIP treatment of the party um so I would only imagine that it would increase your popularity oh yeah tenfold people like paid attention to who I was they actually it's it's really cute. Somebody um, in a, a grade lower than me asked me for my um, my autograph, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, that's so funny. I wonder if they still have it. I know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, so you said that Natalie and Sarah weren't particularly close. Were you and Sarah pretty good friends? Yeah, me and Sarah were close. I mean, we went to catechism together, which is like the Catholic like version of like, I don't know uh Sunday school mm-hmm. so we grew up together from a young age we went, we went to high school together so we were pretty close um but uh yeah she wasn't that close to Natalie which is kind of funny but like I mentioned the only reason she went is because my mom wouldn't let me go with by myself so that is kind of funny because I do remember in one of the scenes um it almost seems like one of uh Natalie's La Jolla friends are throwing a little bit of shade at Sarah um so I guess, yeah, if they weren't actually that close, maybe that's why she didn't stick up for her as much as I thought she should have. Yeah, that's like one of the things about TV is like you don't really know all the backstory. So um, it, it makes sense to me, but of course, like the audience had no idea. Um, but either way, we're talking about the Target jewelry. Yes, exactly. Oh my God, that's iconic in my eyes. Um, yeah, she totally should have stuck up to her, but again, like, you're 15, you're, like, on TV, like, things get a little cloudy, so. Um, so do you know what uh, Sarah's up to now? Because I like to do the Where Are They Now, which is how I found you, I'm just going on IMDb and looking you guys up, but Sarah, I couldn't find, it looks like she didn't stay in the entertainment industry, um, so I was just wondering if you knew what she's up to. I do know what she is up to. She actually lives here in Los Angeles as well. Um, She is an actress, so she's a part of the entertainment industry. I would say she's 99% like everybody else in LA. She's a struggling actress, Um, but she's booked a few commercials. I know she was in like a movie. Um, So we keep in touch. I don't see her as often as I do Natalie, but um, she lives here in Los Angeles. Okay, that's so funny. I wish I'd been able to find more info on her then. I'm going to have to tell her to get her ass in shape and put her IMDb up then. I know. She needs to update her page. Yeah. And then um, Natalie, what is she up to? So Natalie is uh, an executive at Legendary Films, which does like um, Lost in Space on Netflix. They do the Godzilla franchise. So she's there. She works in entertainment. She works in the TV department. So she's doing pretty well. Um, and of course she lives here in LA. That's awesome. That's funny that you guys are all three um, in LA together now. I know, isn't that? And the funny thing is they don't communicate at all. <laughs> well, I guess if they were never really close and that makes sense. Yeah. So um, is there any like interesting or kind of sorted behind the scenes details that you're allowed to spill now that it's been 15 years later? Oh God, I'm trying to think of like, if I'm allowed to spill. 
Um, <laughs> this doesn't have a, this podcast doesn't have a huge reach, so y- you probably won't I'm, be found out. I'm not going to say who, it def- and I'll say this just to clarify, it definitely wasn't any of our immediate, like, adults, like, it wasn't anybody um, from Natalie's side, but there was somebody involved in the filming process that encouraged us to drink alcohol at her birthday i will say that okay so that is something that i was wondering about as if there was alcohol at the birthday itself so so it wasn't at the birthday it was prior i can know i can say that and i say that with confidence and the reason why is because we were at a nightclub that wasn't allowed to have alcohol that particular night because mm-hmm. um, everybody was underage. But yeah, somebody influenced us to drink that wasn't her family members or friends. It was somebody with the filming process. That's what I'll say. That's the tea. Because I know a lot of people have asked, like, oh, you guys are on a nightclub. I'm sure there was drinking. Like, of course there was uh, to an extent. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, I guess that's really all I wanted to know is just kind of your story. And uh, so, so MTV just showed up with cameras at your house and you weren't expecting that at all? Uh, we were. We, like, were expecting it, but we um, we only found out, like, a couple of days beforehand. So it was kind of a shock, especially from Marvel, New Mexico. Like, nothing like that ever happens in our town. So... <laughs> It was kind of bizarre thinking that a camera crew would, crew would come and film us, but I loved it. I loved every second. And how long were you guys filming in Roswell for? They only came for four days, so it wasn't very long. Um, and then when we left and we went to California, that was mm-hmm. So I'm sure Natalie had probably two months of filming herself. Okay. Well, I guess that's it in terms of your time on the show, My Super Sweet 16. Um, do you want to talk about a little bit what you've been doing ever since then? Oh, sure. I'd love to. So, like I said, I got the bite. So, I wanted to be a part of TV in any way I could. And so, after that, um, Natalie actually went on a spinoff show called Exiled, mm-hmm. which was uh, a show where they took Sweet 16 kids and put them in, like, Africa and how to live with the tribe and stuff. Her particular episode didn't get aired. I'm not sure why the network didn't pick it up. But I was a part of that with her. Um, I didn't go to Africa, just to be clear. Um, and then I worked in TV. I produced um, Kylie Jenner's show, Life of Kylie. And then I was actually on a show called Revenge Body with Khloe Kardashian as a participant. And so uh, what was your experience doing that? Oh my God, life-changing. Well, I literally lost like 80 pounds. I got pretty big in a relationship. I'm one of those people where when I'm happy or I'm sad, I eat. So I was with somebody, again, a bunch of weight. I went on the show, lost a ton of weight. I met awesome people. I met my current boyfriend from the show. And it was the best experience I've ever had in my life. And it still affects me to this day. By the way, it was about three years ago since I filmed. So do you have like the in with the Kardashian-Jenner clan now? I wouldn't say the in, but I definitely have like somewhat of an in. Like I know them. We run into them at like parties and stuff and they know us by name, but 
do I go to the house and sip champagne? I wish. Um, <laughs> maybe one day we're still working on that. All right, that's amazing. Um, well, I, those are all the questions that I really had for you. Is there anything else that you want to share just about your experience, either on My Super Sweet 16 or just in the world of reality TV in general? I think, um, I'm not sure who your audience is, but this actually just came up to me um, the other day about like how I came from like a small little um, town. Now I live in LA, like working on these shows, and it's so cliche to say, but like, never stop chasing your dreams even when you're like you have to work somewhere just to pay the bills chase your dreams because if that's really what you're supposed to do it will happen i am proof of that all right well well do you want to tell my audience where they can find you give your social media handles or anything uh i'm such a social media whore so i'd love to anybody can find me on instagram at will tv and do you have any upcoming projects or anything fun to plug? Um, I, I have, well, to piggyback off your podcast, I'm doing a podcast of my own. I'm going to be a host on AfterBuzz. Um, so I'll be reviewing some reality shows. And then I actually, your podcast inspired me to do something um, as far as like reality stars and like where they are now. So I'm going to be do, doing something like that. Love to have you be a part of that um, since you inspired it. Oh, and, uh, I just, I'm trying to get more fit, get in better shape. I'm like doing a hundred days challenge right now that I'm filming that I'll be putting out of, can I get a flat stomach in a hundred days and let's see if I can do it. Other than that, I'm just letting the universe guide me. All right. Well, that sounds amazing. Thank you so much for your time and being able to share some of your experience. I mean, it was just a completely random wild hair up my ass that I decided to eat. EMU, and I really appreciate you responding and being so open to doing this with me. Oh, I'm more than happy to. Like, literally, thank you so much for asking me to do this because you really inspired something for me to do. So it was meant to be. That's awesome. Well, I'm really excited to see that project come out from you because I love uh, all things reality TV and where are they now? Same. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thank you so, so much for your time. Um, and it was really good talking to you. Yeah, you too. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.